With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Wednesday, April 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, five in a row, the Guardians have lost uh, all five games on this road trip after getting swept in New York over the weekend. Uh, they dropped the first two in Anaheim, uh, losing last night four to one. Uh, they didn't score a run until their final at bat in the ninth inning uh, after going 17 innings of this, uh, this series so far, uh, being held scoreless. Patrick Sandoval, uh, who hasn't allowed an earned run all season, uh, a lefty who gave uh, Cleveland problems, uh, was, was really just spot on, uh, had, uh, had Guardians hitters, uh, you know, completely fooled all night long. And, and Tristan McKenzie, you know, made a couple of mistakes as, as the starter and, and, you know, the, the Guardians lack of offense wasn't able to pick him up. Yeah. He made the mistakes of the wrong guy too, uh, Mike Trout and, uh, you know, the two run homer and the double. And uh, yeah, I mean, you give up three runs now, if you're a, a Cleveland pitcher with this offense, you're done. You know, you might as well just uh, run up the white flag and, uh, you know, go to the bullpen and get your, your work in for the next day, the next start, because they're not coming back. Yeah, we saw the same thing the night before with Shane Bieber, who, uh, you know, looked strong through six innings and, uh, and, and Tito put him back out there in the seventh uh, and, and didn't go and get him, uh, <laughs> you know, soon enough. And uh, with, you uh, with the Guardians unable to score any runs, uh, it, it really did come back and bite them. Uh, a particular concern right now uh, for Cleveland offensively is Framil Reyes, uh, their cleanup hitter, their designated hitter. He is 0 for his last nine ever since hitting that home run in New York off Jameson Tangon. Uh, he's been in a slide 0 for nine, and eight of those plate appearances have been strikeouts. Uh, again, last night, he struck out four times, uh, just looked awful at the plate, uh, doesn't know what's coming and how to react to it. And uh, Terry Francona said after the game, you know, one night he's swinging and missing at soft stuff away and low. And the next night he's swinging at uh, fastballs, hard, hard stuff up high. Uh, it's just a lot of confusion, I think, up there at the plate for, for Framel. Yeah, he certainly looks, uh, you know, dazed and confused up there, Joe. Uh, you know, we were talking before the podcast started, what, 43.5% strikeout rate for the season. Um, you know, <laughs> for a guy hitting in the middle of your lineup, uh, that's that's not going to work. And, I mean, it, it could work if he's hitting, if he's hit 10, 12, 15 home runs, but we haven't seen that either. So, and it's not like, uh, you know, at least, you know, in, in the situations where they've won ball games, he's had people on base in front of him. Right. So, uh, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, that, you know, I know it's probably too early for uh, Francona to react, to move him down in the lineup or sit him down for a couple of days. But uh, you know, this is something that's going to be, have to be addressed or, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, Framil just come, comes out of it by himself, but right now he, he looks lost at the plate. 
Right. And, and that's sort of the frustrating thing is because we've seen Fran Mill get as hot. And, and one of the things that, that, that Tito is fond of saying is this, you know, a guy who can get as hot as he is cold. So, you know, he used to say that about Jose Ramirez when there was that little brief period where Jose had a, a really bad slump. Uh, I mean, this, this could go on for a while, I think, with, with Fran Mill until something clicks. But uh, we've seen in the past that he's capable and, and as capable of a, a cleanup hitter who can carry guys and get hot for a, a good, you know, week to, to couple of weeks there. Uh, so there's there's a lot of good in there. It's just it's hard to see it right now with Franville. Yeah, and he's not even making contact, Joe. He's not even falling out. He's, I mean, he's swinging and missing and everything. So, you know, I, I'm sure the frustration is building in him. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, when, when you're going bad, you, you get up in those situations where those you're always in those key situations where one base hit can break the game open or put your team back in the game and uh, you don't come through and you don't come through and it just, you know, baseball can like grind you down, man. You really have to be strong mentally to handle this. And, you know, Franville's getting tested right now early in the season. Yeah. The only, uh, I, I guess the only, sort of positive and in, 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 from Franville's perspective could be that it's not like there's a lot of guys pushing behind him to be the DH right now to, to take that spot away from him. Uh, so there's, there's maybe a little bit of time to, to get adjusted. And, you know, with the young roster, with all the, the movement and the, the moves being made, uh, you know, every other day, uh, it, it, it's, it, it, sort of an approach where they can afford to be a little more patient with him right now this year. I think if they were pushing to be at the top of the standings right now, that'd be a totally different animal. But, but right now I think it's more of a wait and see and evaluate process with a lot of the other guys on the roster. And that's going to afford Franville a little more time to, to sort of come into his own this year. Yeah. And uh, who, like you said, Joe, who's he going to, uh, who's he going to put in there? Is he going to put Bobby Bradley in there? You know, at DH, I, I you know, I think that's that's one, you know, that's six six on one hand and, you know, six on the other. I mean, that's just like, you know, that that's, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think that's an improvement. Maybe uh, what about a guy like Oscar Gonzalez, who's just, you know, tearing the cover off the ball in Columbus? Do they do they, you know, even think about that or do you have to go a month or month more like a month, a month and a half later, you know, from here, you know, into the season a little deeper to, to do that? Well, I mean, uh, the message to an Oscar Gonzalez right now is, hey, keep doing what you're doing because we're going to give Fran Mill another month. And if, if things continue this way, then, you know, maybe by the end of May, you, you, you could see some sort of movement. But uh, I, I really, it, you know, we go from at the beginning of the year talking about Fran Mill as a candidate or a guy who, who they could offer an extension to, you know, and, and his, his representation notwithstanding uh, in, in that regard. But uh, you know, Scott Boris being his agent, but, uh, you know, a guy who you thought of as maybe a keystone piece for your, your, your organization to, you know, it's, it's definitely an overreaction to think, oh, well, let's get rid of him and call up the guy yeah. from uh, AAA, the 20. <laughs> no, definitely. And he, you know, you're paying him almost 5 million a year, you know, this for this year. So you're going to stick with them. And, you know, he's a 30 home run guy. He's got, the pedigree he's done it before so I think you just hang in there with him but you know I, I would not be surprised to see him get a couple of days off here you know and late you know either on this trip or when they get home or you know something uh, you know there's just they've got to 
kind of attacked us some some way somehow. Right, and and you've got Josh Naylor sitting there. Uh, you could put him at DH and you know get him off his feet in the field maybe uh, for a couple of days. So if you need to give Framil a day or two, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see Josh Naylor in there as the the DH hitting behind Jose Ramirez coming up. Yeah, and maybe maybe you play Framil in right field. That's when he hit the home run, right? I think when if sure. you you know if you want to do that, hey. I mean. Hey, play him at second base, whatever. I, I don't care. <laughs> Something. Oh, man. You know what? You know what made last night, you know, a little bit more uh, bearable coming back from the park? I, I discovered Winchell's here in Southern California, which is a, a, a coffee and donuts place. It's open 24 hours. I I saw the sign was on and I went and I got I, I, I got some donuts, man. It, last <laughs> night, it, it threw up so many bagels on the scoreboard. I had to get some donuts on the way home. Uh, <laughs> back to the hotel so that's good Joe. you know it, it's it, it's not the worst thing in the world when you come home from the park and and there's donuts waiting for you in the in the hotel room so <laughs> i mean uh, they scored joe they scored three runs in 27 minutes yeah this is uh you know this offense this offense in their in their in their 10 losses this year they scored 13 runs in their seven wins they said scored 63 runs mm-hmm. you know i i how, what do you make of an offensive bar it's, that? They're the in in their in the games that they've won, they've averaged the most runs in Major League Baseball. In the games that they've lost, they're tied for the worst with like Houston and uh, Baltimore for for like the worst run production in all their losses. So uh, it's <laughs> you're you're so fond of saying feast or famine offense or hot and cold offense. There's there's only so many ways you can say it without sounding redundant every time we do, but. It, it's the same issue and the same problem. And it's a, a symptom of a young team when they, when they string those at bats together and they all know it, you talk to these guys and they all know, Hey, if, you know, if we sacrifice ourselves, if we, you know, let our, our teammates see uh, a number of pitches per at bat, or, you know, uh, you know, do the things that the, the good hitting teams do as a, as a team to hit uh, you know, they're successful. And when they don't do that, when they, when they swing at the first pitch or, you know, uh, you know, have bad at bats, those tend to multiply as well. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. So, uh, uh, you know, I want to touch back on Tristan McKenzie. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that Tito said, this was his, his third start, his fourth appearance of the year he came in, in relief in the opener, but uh, Tristan came out fire and he, he threw uh, Tito said something like 18 of 19 strikes to start the, the game. And, you know, he was all over the zone. He filled up the strike zone and it might've been, you know, uh, a, a little too much in the strike zone, uh, too many pitches that were, that were too good. And that's what happens when, uh, when Mike Trout sees something in the strike zone that he likes. Yeah. He struck out, <clears throat> he struck Trout out in the first inning with kind of a, you know, I don't know if it was a cutter away, you know, and then he came back with the same pitch. It looked like at least, on, you know, on TV from watching the game, uh, in the third inning and trout hit it, you know, like 10 miles for a yeah. two run homer. So, uh, you know, you live and learn with a guy like that. And, uh, you know, Tristan, I, I thought overall he pitched pretty well, six, mm-hmm. uh, six strikeouts, no walks, you know, he gave up seven hits, four runs, five and two thirds, but, um, still, you know, decent outing. Uh, if, if you score some runs, you're right. In, you're right in that game. Right. And, you know, the job that so far Shane Bieber and, Tristan McKenzie have done on Shohei Otani has been outstanding. They've, they've really limited. I think they've limited him to what one or two hits uh, so far in the series, kept him off the bases pretty much. 
but now Shohei Otani is going to present a different problem for uh, Cleveland as he's going to start uh, on the mound tonight against Zach Plesac, and, and that presents a whole different set of problems for Cleveland. Yeah, is he going to DH as well, you think, Joe? Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to hit uh, pitch, and then he'll he'll enter the game as the DH once he comes out as the uh, as the pitcher, uh, which is you know happened so far, and that's the adjustment in the rule that they made for him this year uh, in Major League Baseball. But you know, it just figures that a guy who has this huge strikeout potential and uh, can can really keep your offense sort of in, keep your offense in a funk when when it's in one uh, is, is the guy you run into uh, as you're <laughs> you know building on a five game losing streak. Yeah, you know, the, the surprising thing is Lorenz, Lorenz and, and uh, you know, Sandoval, I mean, you know, I know they're, you're, they both they both pitch well against uh, Cleveland, but not not exactly your household names as starters. And they just did a great job against uh, this offense. And uh, now you've got uh, Otani, you know, the MVP from last year. He's going. So, you know, if the Angels could ever stay healthy, if they could ever – you know, get their pitching staff together, that might be a dangerous team. Yeah, I think uh, San, uh, Sandoval had raised a couple of, uh, of eyebrows and, uh, you know, people had noticed him in his first three starts uh, going into to, to last night's game. You know, uh, he's at, he's at what, 15 innings or you yeah. know, something like that of scoreless, uh, you know, baseball. I, I think he's, he was, uh, you know, a, a known, known that he was at least hot at, at, at least Tito knew. So uh, interesting to note there. And, and last uh, year they they did beat Otani uh, last year out there mm-hmm. at, at at Anaheim at Angel Stadium. So they were, they were five and one against the Angels last year. It's yeah. it, it's just you, you, what are you going to do? Uh, we asked uh, Tito about uh, like you said you made a point uh, to our subtext subscribers. Uh, by the way, hey, if you want to get in on uh, subtext. Uh, 216-298-4346. You can send a text to that or go to cleveland.com slash subtext. Sign up uh, $3.99 a month and you get uh, texts and the ability to text back and forth with myself and Hoinsey throughout the season uh, with uh, information you hear at first uh, from from us at that service. Um, uh, You made a point to our our subtext subscribers uh, earlier about uh, the, the game times being faster because basically the guardians aren't scoring any runs. It's a good way to get the, uh, the games quicker. But uh, Tito mentioned that uh, one of the other aspects that, that could factor into games going so quickly has been this pitch com uh, technology that the catchers are using. It, it signals the, uh, the pitchers on a speaker in their cap and uh, gives them the, the signs for the pitch without having his flash signals and, and repeat them over and over again. So, uh, Tito said, you know, guys are pitchers are just getting on the mound and going, uh, and batters are, are having to slow them down by stepping out or raising their hand or whatever. Uh, he said there might have to be some sort of adjustment made, uh, about that because the games are going faster, the, the pitchers are getting sped up. Yeah. You know, and you, the, the, now it's the hitters that have to adjust. And, you know, I think a big, a big uh, thing on the pitch comp thing is Joe, when, you know, runner gets on second base, you no longer have to have you know, 14 meetings with the catcher running out there, the pitching coach changing signs, you know, uh, they can just, you know, it's still, you know, kind of a fluid operation. It doesn't slow the game down. Well, that, that's one of the things when, you know, young players come up is they, they comment about the pace of the game and the, you know, the, just the feel of, okay, it's, it's coming and it's not stopping for you. So you better make the adjustment uh, that, like you said, that's what the, uh, 
the the hitters are going to have to do is make that adjustment themselves. Uh, it's it's definitely something that's that's needed. Hey, uh, yesterday we marked. Uh, we were actually in the club. We got caught in the clubhouse as they were about to start their uh, their team meeting to congratulate Brian uh, Shaw on ten years of uh, service, and uh, they presented him with uh, a nice bottle of, uh, of scotch. It was a, a single malt uh, scotch. Glenn Fittich twenty one uh, was the uh, the gift that the team gave him. Did he and take a shot had, right there? Uh, no, he did not. He. Uh, <laughs> He, he was, but you could tell that he was definitely humbled by the experience talking to him. Uh, Austin Hedges got up and made a nice speech and uh, he had a, a ton of family here in the, uh, in the stadium. Uh, after the game, he was down the right field line uh, for, for quite some time talking to everybody and, and sharing some stories. So uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, really nice to see uh, a rare feat for, for players these days to reach 10 years of service time uh, in the big leagues. Uh, Brian Shaw certainly deserving of of all the the congratulations that were being offered to him. Yeah, you did a really nice uh, story on that today, Joe. That was a good one. And uh, who who was the guy uh, a couple years ago? Tyler Clippard. Yeah, yeah, he he reached too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know you got to bounce around a lot. All those relievers, man, they they like uh, they they never unpack their suitcases. They're they they pitch for 10, 10, 12 different teams and. To, to get that 10 years. So well, it's an accomplishment for, for Clippert. He never unpacks his golf clubs. That's he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he takes yeah, those every, right. everywhere. He had like 20 different pairs of golf shoes or something like that. But it's, it's, it's rare for any, I think the, uh, the, the numbers that were put out by the MLB players association, uh, fewer than 10% of players reach 10 years in the majors. And uh, it's, <laughs> the numbers are even fewer for relief pitchers. Uh, they're, their uh, wingspan, our lifespan is uh, is considerably shorter, uh, but uh, but Shaw is able to do that because he's able to pitch. He's, he made his 700th appearance. Think about it. In the same game that Richie Palacios made his major league debut, yeah. Ryan Shaw made his 700th appearance, and that's and that's cool. more than it's almost double what the combined uh, the remainder of the uh, the Guardians bullpen has in uh, appearances. So. Uh, it's definitely impressive that he's been able to keep himself healthy and and on the active roster for that many seasons. Yeah, just think uh, the the uh, forces that are kind of working against you and for a player to, to get to 10 seasons. You know, you've got injury, you've got uh, competition, you've got, uh, you know, you've got ownership, you know, squeezing the veteran players out. Uh, you've got a lot of different forces working against you. So to to play that long, uh, to play that long and to be as productive as he is, you know, that, that doesn't happen by accident. They don't give you a gold card in baseball where you just show up, you know, you've got to be productive. You know, that's why guys like Omar Vizquel and, and, you know, people, you know, poo, 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 you know, the, the longevity factor. And that, that's, that's a mistake, man. You, you can't, you, that, you don't play this game for free. Nobody gives you a free pass to come back year after year after year. Right. And, and, and Shaw definitely knows how many more, uh, you know, his stated goal of passing Jesse Orozco's uh, all-time uh, appearances, Mark. He knows 552 now is the uh, – <laughs> is he, I, even I can do the math on that one. Uh, after a, a nice round number like 700, you can, you can get to it. So, uh, all right, well, we've already talked about Otani, uh, Zach Klesak going on the mound for uh, Cleveland tonight. 
is, is this a night where the Guardians snap out of it and, and finally break through maybe against Otani and the Angels and, and, and turn things around for the remainder of this road trip? You know, Joe, I, I don't know. I, I just think uh, they're in one of those funks. And, uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in Vegas, you bet the streak, right? You don't, yeah. you don't, you're not, you know, especially in, in this matchup. But stranger things that happens, that's why they play the game. And I really like the way Plesak is pitching. So uh, I think they've got a chance. they got a puncher's chance here. All right. Well, Hoinsey, it's, it's 80 degrees and sunny out here. Uh, I know I know that the, uh, the, the folks playing baseball back home right now are, are, are sort of feeling it. It was uh, 40 degrees at my son's game last night. So, Yeah, Joe, uh, it looks like it's going to snow here. <laughs> that's, that's awful. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm going for a walk uh, among the palm trees. Hoisey, we, will, uh, we will talk to you uh, again uh, at some point tomorrow, uh, afternoon game here in, uh, in L.A., and we will talk to you uh, then on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Joe.